three, two, one. I am a surgeon. I am a surgeon. I am. I am a surgeon. I am a surgeon, Doctor Han. I am a surgeon. Uh, yeah, I had that playing along in my headphones, and I was trying to do it at the same time. What the fuck is that? Hello, everybody. I'm That's Adam from Your Room Sex, and uh, that was great. Yeah. This is the Surgeon Cast. That was awesome. Yeah, it was like perfect. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, very Spot awesome. I, I love that. <laughs> so funny. I'm Ralph <laughs> Seppi. What's up? Yeah, Max Maichi and the. I, I don't remember that scene in Valerian. What does no, that <laughs> it was a deleted scene. Uh huh. Yeah, what's the deal with this good doctor? Please. Oh, that was actually a kind of funny meme. Yeah. So I think the show, the concept is like it's just House, but the guy has autism. That's exactly I that's right. House. I thought that's what House was. <laughs> did, did House have autism? <laughs> I think that's like the implication. It's right? a different brand of autism, I think. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't, yeah, it wasn't autistic mm. enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It like, wasn't autism yeah. with a cane. It was, it was, it's the Gen Z autism. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's loud autism. <laughs> you know, after all these memes, I, I just can't help but feel bad for that actor playing the good doctor, you know? Like, I feel like he's been made fun of so much. Freddie Highmore, he's a pretty good actor, right? Is it is it his performance that, like, is wrong with that scene? I think it's more just the concept, like, the writing is just really weird. It's a, It looks like a really cheese-ass show. Yeah, I think it's just everything about the show. Yeah, that's just network television, like, in a nutshell. It's, like, yeah. completely bullshit. It's total bullshit made for <laughs> yeah. everyone over like 50 years old. It's like made to be put on in the background. Lots of detective shows and hospital shows. Yeah. A hundred plus episodes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like the only hook of it is that like he's got autism and it's not <laughs> realistic autism. Bit. Yeah. It's like this he acts like a What's robot basically. Yeah. It's, it's like so inaccurate. Savantism right? is basically <laughs> It's brand. so weird. Yeah. That meme's really taken off, though, yeah. I mean, yeah, recently, and I think that's from, like, season two or something. So it's been out for a while, and people have just, I guess, discovered this clip, which is very funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a bad clip. It's been fun, like, seeing all the clips being shared around about the show. I feel like I've seen, like, the whole character's arc in, like, the past couple weeks. Like, he gets a girlfriend, (laughs) he has a baby. (laughs) It's crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the classic autism problems of like all these love triangles you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah all these social relationships yeah yeah not not lack thereof Mm -hmm. classic autism portrayal yeah Yeah. i'm never gonna watch it looks like shit (laughs) i'll never watch it yeah that's just you know It's like yeah. Young Sheldon. It's like one of those Exactly, exactly. Shows. I've seen a lot of yeah. ads for Young it. Sheldon. And I'm just like, it's... Even House, which people loved, I was like, it's just the same thing every episode. <laughs> it's just the exact same mm-hmm. fucking thing every episode. Like, I can't get into it. You're just doing the yeah. exact same shit. I've never got into one of these, like, hospital shows. They all seem kind of to follow that sort of formula. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like patient of the week, isn't it, type thing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the way a lot of cop shows too, but I've seen like a few good mm. ones like The Shield. Yeah, The Shield is really good. What's great about The Shield is like it doesn't really 
Right. Fit that mold. It like changes constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like arcs over the seasons, right? Yeah. Great characters too. You you can argue mm-hmm. a lot of shows are like pretty formulaic. I haven't seen Six Feet Under in a while, but I love it. And I'm looking for a good excuse to revisit it. But I remember, you know, it's it's not just patient of the week. It's like death of the week, you know. Death but, of the week, yeah. But there's enough mm-hmm. interesting things happening with the characters independently of, you know, the particular formulated bits of the episode there's enough continuing chronologically and consistently that it makes it interesting and i get that house and other shows can have that too but it's just like it's just not quite at the level that i want you know yeah hbo has so much better cinematography and performances you know yeah it's just too much fluff too too many episodes and no plan for it to end is a is a part of my problem with those types of shows. Like mm-hmm. Six Feet Under had a very definitive ending, and it, and Alan Ball was like, "Yeah, we're ending it at at the end of season five. and that's what yeah. made it so no, great. Like part of it, right? But a lot of these shows, they're just like, "Well, why don't we just keep doing the same thing forever?" And then the writers mm-hmm. change, and they try mm-hmm. to do the same thing, and it's like, "Ooh, Dexter season eight, shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter kind of like fell apart office. as it went along. Yeah. yeah, The Office. That's what I love about Succession, you know. Succession's only four seasons and then bam, it's done. Like the entire mm. oh, show yeah. is pretty it much ended, didn't it? fucking banger, right? You should check that one out, Adam. Pretty cool show. I really enjoyed season one. Oh, yeah. I watched season two. I started watching season three and I kind of I just like lost interest at some point but i could i oh, could really? return to okay. it i feel like it gets better as it goes along yeah that's, that's how, how i feel felt. too yeah i just i really i really liked what they were doing in season one and then i felt like they just kept going with it but i'll it's i'm not like completely off of it I, i'll check it out again at some point i'll probably just continue where i left off yeah sure but yeah it was i felt more invested in what was going on in season one. i felt like it it was more comedic in season one maybe that's part of it like sure there's still comedic Mm. elements to it but i feel like it was a bit more satirical in season one and i feel like they took themselves a bit more seriously as the show went on Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah i don't know i feel like the satire is pretty strong throughout um Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty sharp i feel like uh, on that kind of stuff um yeah and the characters just get more and more believable and more more depth to them as it goes along oh yeah yeah, I I feel the same way. You know, I really like the characters, um, how they're written, because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. kind of despicable. But yeah, there's definitely like some humanity that leaks out. Every yeah, they're horrible. Yeah, I, like, yeah, right, they are horrible. Kind of, all of them. That is yeah, kind of like the hook, and what makes it interesting is these like yeah. horrible people and finding the writers figuring out ways to make you sympathize with them in these odd ways you might not expect. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, one thing I will say about the show, uh, I love the score of it it's by nicholas brittle yeah they use it a lot it's like um you know sometimes i hear like themes repeated i'm like okay i like you know it's like the same music mm-hmm. um it's great music but yeah there's just like something i noticed they do that does get better i think as it goes along too in terms of that but yeah. it is great music if i knew how often they would use it within the show i would have just skipped the opening <laughs> the intro every time yeah because eventually i had to start doing that i was like oh you're just, okay this is just mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just using this a lot they, <laughs> they've got like really long like verbose intros on hbo as well yeah i love that like three four oh, minute yeah. long <laughs> i wouldn't yeah. blame you for skipping it's a good that track 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll check the rest of it out. But yeah, there's a huge fucking backlog of things that I need to check out. I just I started passively kind of watching The Wire. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how often I watch that. I like that. I like that. So yeah, far. that's like another cop show that's really good. Like, kind of breaks the mold. Yeah. 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 For sure. That in 2020. There's a lot of HBO shit I need to check out. So yeah, that show's amazing. All right. So you two watched the new Guardians film and. I decided to wait until digital, but I don't care if you spoil it. I, I already kind of know, I guess, spoiler discussion, if I'm just going to tell you <laughs> what I think the movie's <laughs> yeah, about. Spoiler for us. Spoiler, the spoiler yeah. discussion. Uh, I've heard that it's like the Rocket Raccoon, they save a bunch of like animals that were going to be used for like testing or something, and they can talk like him or something. Mm-hmm. It's basically okay, yeah, something, it's kind of like, something like that. Raccoon's yeah. origin story. It's like half of the movie. It's yeah, like half I heard of the movie. Peter loved it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet <laughs> that they sent out about it. Uh. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't hear about that. They did. They actually like it, or oh, well, no, no animals were actually hurt. They were like, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it's like a pro, well, an anti-animal, like abuse message underlying mm-hmm. part of the movie. Yeah, so you know, you're right. They like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I did like that too. Yeah, I heard a lot I like of people those new characters. It. I really, I look, I kind of loved it. Yeah, a lot more uh, people loved it than I would expect from like a sixty-four Metascore, but it's in the top two hundred and fifty right now. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't really get that. But yeah, I think uh, the second Guardians movie got a similar kind of Metascore reception. Mm-hmm. I think, and again, I feel like I just feel like the Guardians movies in the MCU are, are like the top tier of it to me. They, I feel like they have the best characters. They're able to balance the comedic to dramatic tone quite well. We, we were just talking about this new Ant-Man in the last episode yeah. we uploaded. And it's kind of like the inverse of that movie, this one. It's like, yeah, making mm-hmm. that sci-fi setting work. It's James Gunn. It actually feels like a James Gunn movie. Mm-hmm. He's able to mm-hmm. like characterize this uh, cast of misfits really well. Um, and yeah, just the whole trilogy has been really consistent really likable there's arguments to be made this is probably the best one in a okay. lot of ways um yeah yeah i was quite surprised by like yeah james gunn is he seems to have like carved out this he's figured out how to work within the studio system to make still deliver something that like it's going to be big and marketable and those people are going to see but yeah it does still feel like a gun movie and it has the weird quirks and it does have the kind of trauma violence in there and a bunch Mm -hmm. of the stuff you wouldn't expect in these kind of big movies so yeah i was like really pleasantly surprised by this especially after the mess that was that ant-man so oh yeah it's much better than (laughs) ant-man ant-man was visually just repulsive and this looked great really Mm. cool visually um i loved certain scenes just like them floating in space that looked beautiful and the music fit perfectly that's the thing i love the music in the guardians movies i think that gives them personality too mm-hmm. the soundtrack yeah very yeah. intentful yeah i just feel like so many of the marvel movies yeah the marvel movies have been trying to copy like what james gunn has been doing like even yeah. with thor ragnarok and uh just a couple other ones you can see they're going for the guardians vibe and yeah james gunn just does it really well all the trailers have Beastie Boys music in them now. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Well, this had uh, yeah. No Sleep Till Brooklyn in it. Yeah, it was used much better than it was in the Super Mario movie. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. I think Gurney just managed to capture lightning in a bottle with like this franchise in particular. Like, 
I, th- I think he basically managed to carry on Star Wars. That's like, how I feel. The, it's like the new the Star spirit Wars. of Star Wars. True. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he managed to actually carry on like what it is, as opposed to what like Disney did with the real Star Wars movies <laughs> and the mess that is. This feels like yeah, someone who grew up with Star Wars is making their own kind of thing with a bunch of like unknown comic characters. Yeah, it does feel like his thing, and it feels like each one of the movies has its own separate like focus uh, on like characters it wants to flesh out. Yeah, I was like really happy with the way it comes together. And it feels conclusive too. Like we keep saying with these MCU movies, they just just feels like throwing another one into this endless bucket and it's like nothing's really changing. There's no consequence. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, felt, I felt like this was, yeah, another ending of sorts. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that wraps it up like clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super great, like trilogy of movies. Like it's probably the best trilogy I've seen since like the Planet of the Apes films in terms of modern trilogies. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, this is a great trilogy of movies. Probably the best trilogy out of Marvel as well, aside from maybe Spider-Man and Iron Man. But I like these more just because, yeah, you're right, Alex. There is that personality with the filmmaking. You could tell like there's a real artist behind everything. And I was super impressed by like the character work, the fact that they were able to write so many characters and make them all interesting and give them all enough time to kind of shine in the movie like no one kind of felt like they got uh, you know short the the short end of the stick with this movie other than maybe adam warlock which is like a new character i think they gave him enough but he definitely feels like like i expected a little bit more from him in this film but that being said i was gonna uh, do you do you like know him as like a big marvel character or something because not really yeah we're in like material that i am like super unaware of when we're going into characters on that kind of level so i don't know if (laughs) if people expect more of him because they expect to see more of him in the wider universe or he does only kind of play a small role in the movie you're right and yeah played by walt Poulter. Yeah, I like what I saw of him, but yeah, there there are a lot of characters in. Um, There's a lot going on. And, it feels like yeah, a very right. full movie. Like it's got a lot yeah. happening. No, but he yeah. he writes it in such a way where yeah, every every one of the characters you care about gets at least that one moment, that really strong, memorable scene that characterizes them or rounds them off in a really good way. There are like some really good ones. Um, outside mm-hmm. of like the obvious way they uh, kind of finish. Uh, Peter Quill's arc, where he like goes back to his granddad, which I like wasn't expecting, and was quite a good emotional payoff. There's like mm-hmm. smaller ones too, with like everything they do with Drax and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's this ongoing theme of like uh, all the characters not really liking who they are or feeling like they need to be defined by something outside of them. As mm. most acute with like the rocket um, and the, the villain of the movie, this like crazy biological monster guy who's like experimenting on animals and Uh (laughs) that whole like side of the movie and yeah him like coming coming to meet his maker and yeah that was like a really like people were talking about how dark this is and (laughs) how like uh parents have been taking kids to this movie uh expecting like a a flowery marvel affair and then it gets to like these (laughs) like animal torture sheet scenes where they're like <laughs> strapped up on these torture devices and being injected with stuff with these like crazy mechanical implants and it is that felt like very old like slither type james gunn like nodding to nice. sure kind of goofy horror yeah. that you love so yeah i was like not expecting that level and yeah they they do have like goo and gore and 
Mm-hmm. This is whole, as much like, as they setting, can this, like, for like this, a Marvel film, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it is he, there. He wrote it in sure. a way where he's just able to get, yeah, get sneak it in there into the setting. Yeah, I that love that whole yeah. weird. Yeah, that it's like an organic planet or something. So everything's like really gross and viscerally <laughs> slimy and sticky, and yeah, it's like a fun way to use the visual effects on this scale. Because yeah, that that ongoing issue of these Marvel movies being like stretched thin with the. Their, their visual budgets, like, again, Gunn, I guess, clearly knows how to make it work because that just wasn't on my mind for this movie because, yeah, characters are forefront, the action's fun, like, it's a good use of color, unlike this Ant-Man stuff, like, yeah, uh-huh. it's just doing a lot more and it's, yeah, the way it's able to characterize that that whole suite as well as, like, feed into all these central themes and get the jokes in, like, yeah, it was... James Gunn, he's kind of, he's on fire right now. I don't think he's missed in like a while for me, for what I'm looking for from him. Like I really mm-hmm. like that Suicide Squad movie. Similarly pretty good. And What did you think of the second Guardians movie? Uh, I really like it. Um, I think it's one of the better Marvel okay. movies. I personally. just, I can't um, remember anything about it. And I remember, I remember <laughs> watching it and not making a review because I had nothing to say about it. <laughs> I was really, like, yeah, that's I don't have his dad is like a planet. Um, yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt mm-hmm. Russell is that, that's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, and like Mantis is that, yeah. Yeah, and there's darkness in that movie too. Like, um, I guess spoiler, him, Ego killing like Chris Pratt's mother in the film. <laughs> or Star yeah. Wars mother, yeah. Not Chris Pratt's mother. That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, the right. There's always this element of darkness, and even the best Marvel movies, I think, or usually the best ones, there's always like dark shit that happens in them, like mm-hmm. Gamora dying in Endgame, or you know, Robert Downey, uh, Tony Stark's dad dying, like getting killed by Winter Soldier, that kind of shit. So yeah, there's there's like this darkness in here, but you know, anyone who's watched Marvel knows that like there's always some dark shit going on. And as long as it's, like, blended in well with the comedy and as long as the tone works, like, that Eternals movie was mm-hmm. fucking boring and, and it didn't balance those <laughs> characters at all. Like, they, oh, yeah, yeah, I really remember Sprite and Cersei. They weren't fun to watch. They, like, they no. had no personality to them. They were, yeah, mm. they were nothing but their powers. That was, like, yeah. their whole gimmick. Whereas these characters really play well off each other and they're interesting. Yeah, they have their own arcs and really good dialogue, like, really poignant dialogue about you know how each of them feels about each other and it makes you think about the characters like them like you actually like following these people and yeah it's a hard thing to make care about a bunch of aliens and like weirdos (laughs) yeah like this and leave all the characters in a way that feels conclusive and satisfying without being too clean you know like i was uh, i was concerned that they were just gonna get um peter and uh Gamora back together after that stuff that happened in Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. But that whole angle they took with that, it's like, yeah, that's like really restrained and you're, you're using it as like a way to advance these characters in a non-Hollywood obvious kind of way that you'd expect, you know, like them getting back together at the end. Or sure. They don't feel the need to do that. Um, that worked really well because that's a hard thing to write. Like, oh, yeah. you have a different Gamora now. But they actually worked that in pretty well, I thought. Because that could have dragged the movie down, but it really didn't. I liked what they did with her. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I liked so much about it. Yeah, I will say one thing on the um, 
I like the soundtrack as far as like the already existing songs chosen, whereas mm-hmm. the 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 original orchestrated score I feel like was a bit weaker in this one. Um, mm. I don't think it was Tyler Bates compared to the other two, which I, I just prefer his work on those other movies. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't really pick yeah. up on the score really. Like, yeah, really it's, it's, on yeah, that. it's kind of way less. Mm-hmm. It's, it's less there overall, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it is kind of a bit of a heavier tone. That that second Guardians movie is way more overtly comedic. I feel like you know, like you don't have like Pac Man in the in the the emotional climax of uh, this movie's <laughs> conclusion. You know, like it's it's taking itself way more seriously, and it works for that, and it does make it kind of stand out in this list of movies. Um, there were a couple of details I didn't really love. There's like a fake out death towards the end, which I didn't really see the point of or feel like it needed particularly. Mm-hmm. Especially, it's like the same scene that they do in that first Guardians movie. Um, yeah, just just weird. Like that yeah. one scene to me just didn't really need to be there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, pretty long, but I think it justifies the runtime. It's. It's just great character work. I like what he does with characters. He cares about them. He knows what yeah, to clearly. do with like, like Adam Warlock and stuff like j- just enough. Give them just enough. Um, flesh them out just enough. Find mm-hmm. the characters that make sense for certain types of jokes and humor. But even then, like some of the more emotional, gut punchy moments are when they take one of the goofier characters like Drax and then suddenly like have like a really brutal scene where Mantis is like really honest to him and then <laughs> erases his memory. And it's like, wow, this <laughs> yeah. is like kind of fucked really up. Um, yeah, yeah. But her dialogue there's really good. Yeah, it's clearly like a labor of love. He like really mm-hmm. cares about these characters. And mm-hmm. honestly, like we give Chris Pratt a lot of shit, but. I really like him in this role. I think he's really good as this character, and he clearly also cared about um, this character. It's like the most serious you've seen him. Um, yeah, like in yeah. this whole universe. Yeah, yeah. I I like him. I prefer him in this than I do to Mario. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's all about how he's cast. Really. Yeah, it's like I just, I hate him when he's in things he shouldn't be in. <laughs> Like, f- f- fucking... Oh, yeah, he's great in this. Yeah, because your name's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Well, like, I hate him in those Jurassic World movies. Like, uh, he oh, sucks yeah. in those movies, but, he like, yeah, he's, he's great in this. He's, like, meant for these. A lot of people suck in those movies. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> those movies suck. Yeah. Most of the acting sucks in those movies. Yeah. Where a lot of the Guardians movies, like, the first two kind of fall apart for me, not entirely, is the climaxes usually... They usually get bogged down in CGI action, I feel. Yeah. And yeah, like, you're right. yeah, both of them. And, and this one didn't really have that problem for me. I thought it all built up to like a climax that was interesting and there was like enough going on to, to like kind of keep it interesting. I thought it's like enough to like cut to. Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. like flows better towards the end. It, do- it doesn't turn into. Yeah, there is that moment in that first Guardians movie where it does just become basically the beam in the sky thing. There's a horde of blanks that need to be like destroyed with turrets yeah. type thing. Yeah, it doesn't really devolve into that level. It's uh-huh. and it the second film's kind of like CGI overload 
they're like they're in, I remember they're in like in the planet and it's like just they're just surrounded by CGI stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was a little too yeah, much for sure. visually. It can get yeah, too much. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this one balanced it really well. Yeah, I think it's the best of the three. I think they get better as they go along. Yeah, great uh, mm-hmm. hallway action scene as well towards the end. Oh yeah, yeah that was great. But yeah. It's like a trend now to just do your hallway action scene and just flex, I guess, as much as possible. And mm-hmm. yeah, when it works, it it kind of works. It's 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 a cool moment that you'd like expect and want to see from a superhero movie. They definitely earn that moment. Yeah, it does feel earned. <laughs> yeah, because it is yeah. like the end of the three part trilogy. They actually feel yeah. like they're a team now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great action scene, yeah. Yeah, one of the better things about this trilogy, doesn't feel as bogged down by, like, all the extra stuff. They're not, like, every few lines, like, referencing the Hulk or something, you know? Okay. <laughs> it's in there, but I feel like you could just watch these three movies and just be fine outside of some of the uh, Endgame, Gamora dying stuff, which is even kind of written into the script a little bit. Like, it seems a bit of annoyance towards that <laughs> that plot point from an end game that's like affected this third movie I, I could see that being a frustrating situation to be in if you're like trying to write your third story with these characters but it's yeah. been like changed uh, it's completely changed the dynamics outside of your story but mm-hmm. it's the nature of the shared universe i'm afraid yeah yeah i think james gunn helps write those avengers movies i don't know if that was his decision i really don't know yeah uh, it's hard to yeah. keep track of it, it for it doesn't drag the movie down as much as it could have. I nah. I like mostly what they did with that. Yeah. Okay. Want to give ratings? I, you can go first, Alex. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I just, on my first viewing, I give it like a solid three and a half stars, seven out of 10, um, which I think is what I gave the first and second one, which I've actually, I think bumped up after watching them again. Um, yeah. I think James Gunn just gets how to make these movies. Um, I like his sense of humor I like how he's able to balance that comedy with the drama and have both work pretty well. Um, it's not quite like the scattershot Guardians 2, which is, yeah, it's so full of jokes. It is more of a shotgun approach of like, man, some of these just don't land and it's kind of annoying, but I, I just didn't feel that at all um, with this one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it again. It's kind of feels like a conclusive end to these characters. And yeah, just, I'm just into James Gunn at the moment. I like I like what he's doing. Yeah, I thought the script was tight, tight, tight. I really <laughs> liked it. And it's just good character stuff. Visually, it was pleasing to watch, unlike that Ant-Man movie. Just so many of the complaints I've had with the recent Marvel films. This movie, you know, subverts it and makes it really good. Like, great characters, even though there's a lot of them. Visually stunning, great music, memorable scenes, and, like, just awesome fucking Hollywood blockbuster all around. I actually really... Love this movie. I think it might be my favorite of the three. And um, I, I'm going to see it again to like confirm that. But yeah, just with so many other Marvel movies, I have these criticisms. Like even Spider-Man No Way Home, which I love. There are parts of that movie that feel like you're watching a Super Bowl ad or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, sure. it's just, just, yeah. Or Captain America Civil War. Like all these movies I have criticisms with. But James Gunn, he, yeah. Like, you really sense the passion there, and I think that's most important with, like, movies yeah. like this, and, like, that they have a personality and that they're entertaining. And, yeah, it just doesn't feel bloated at all. 
Like, it's a great trilogy of movies to watch, like, all the way through. I, I might do that again one day, just, like, watching them all the way through if I have, like, an afternoon free. Yeah. It's super fun movies. Um, And, yeah, the best trilogy I've seen in a while. I think I'd, I think I'd go a four-star on it. I really yeah. like this shit. <laughs> yeah, really consistent trilogy. That's mm-hmm. one thing. So, yeah, so often, like, the third consistent. one is where it, like, can't maintain it or it falls apart. Where it's like, nope, just all three of them, just really good, really solid. What you'd want from these kind of Hollywood yeah. blockbusters, yeah. Super high marks for, yeah, consistency. Yeah, so a lot of people seem to love this one a lot. It's got the highest user rating. Can Can either of you explain why you think that it has the lowest meta score, or is that just one of those, like, who the fuck knows sort of things? I think it's kind of like you, where you're kind of burnt out on the superhero stuff, maybe. maybe. And I'm kind of burnt out on it, too. Like, I feel like Marvel's made a lot of missteps, and there's just people that aren't going to forgive them for that. They're just going to go, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> but this is actually a good movie. I don't really... I don't count it as a Marvel movie as much as I count it as a James Gunn film. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> and that's yeah, really that's how, exactly I see how I see it too. Yeah. yeah, and after this, yeah, I don't really care what they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to try. It really feels like a James Gunn movie as well. It's not like there are little flashes. It's like no, just the whole time. This is <laughs> this is him all over. Yeah, it's probably dumb conservative people who hate that there's like an f bomb in the movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with that. Uh, yeah, with that, like, Strange World movie or Lightyear last year, like, you know, complaining about minor oh, yeah, details yeah. in that, right? And, and it's, it's like, ooh, how's my kid supposed to see this movie? It's got an F-bomb. <laughs> That's funny. There's a there's a considerable gap in time between the Volume 2 and Volume 3. Well, volume 2 was 2017, of course, because he was uh, fired after his <laughs> tweets were uh, dragged up. Um, oh, yeah. How horrible his tweets. Oh, my God. Where he was role playing as Luc Besson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, didn't some, it was like some political figure like went through his old tweets, got him cancelled. It was Mark Cernovich. (laughs) That's right, yeah. Oh, man. He was fired, hired by DC, made Suicide Squad, then made Guardians and came back because Disney realized they needed him. Yeah. And he's made the best trilogy, and he's made the best DC movie as well. And yeah. he's doing the new Superman. Like, he's basically recovered, or he will recover DC. I have faith in him out of anyone. Like, and there's people who like, a lot of naysayers about that, but he's a good director. He's made nothing but good stuff, like you said, Alex, recently. So, I'm looking yeah. forward to his Superman movie. That being said, you know, I was thinking it's not really his, like, that's not really up his alley, Superman, because he's used to doing the ensemble thing, and... um kind of gross out humor and and like c-list characters no one like cares about you know sure so, so, um, the galaxy, yeah. so he can just yeah do i'm interested how he would do superman since that's like uh you know one character and it's not yeah, as it's not as overtly that. comedic i mean it's, it would it would be light-hearted but it wouldn't be like the guardians or the suicide squad kind of tone but yeah. i do have faith in him as well like because He's actually a good director. He brings some like levity to Superman, which I think mm-hmm. they really need after those Snyder films. It was like a total miscalculation. Yeah. Yeah. Of what Superman was. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the DC films will be better than Marvel soon. Maybe Yeah, the, maybe eventually the tides will turn. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'll love that Superman movie, but I think it will be better than you know a lot of the stuff we've seen recently. 
from Superman. Yeah, I'm more hopeful for that than a lot of other projects in this space, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Snyder, <laughs> Snyder naysayers, you know, like James Gunn's going to ruin it all. But, you know, Snyder, he fucked everything up. Like, you need yeah, to get someone else to all, fix this. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it, he totally ruined it. I mean, objectively. A lot of these people seem like the types where they would just love anything that has the characters in it anyway. Like, uh -huh. a lot of these people that are freaking out, being like, but Snyder did it perfect, are just people that I would assume will like anything that has Superman in it or the Suicide Squad. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. We'll see We'll yeah, see how they, they see... feel. That A lot of them are naysayers right now, but I have a funny yeah. feeling like a lot of those identical exact same people will probably enjoy whatever comes out. Oh, they're going to love it. Yeah. When they see an actually good Superman movie, yeah, they're going to fucking... I mean, no matter pants. what it is. <laughs> Even if it's not yeah. good. <laughs> I have a funny feeling. It'll be better than whatever Snyder did. And they're going to be I would like, have to what? I saw a good movie? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> a safe bet. Yeah, can't wait for them to see a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to just get into Valerian. Because I, th I feel like it's going to be like a long discussion. Oh, you want to you get into Valerian? I want to get okay. inside <laughs> the Thousand Planets. <laughs> yeah, let's do Ooh, it. Okay. Hot and Ooh. heavy over here. Yeah. Got to get in there. So, so this is my recommendation. So, can I, Thanks. I guess, describe the plot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the plot? Apparently, we've talked about this before in like passing. Though I don't. Apparently, think we've gone as in the in very first episode of the podcast, okay, the very first episode, <laughs> we had a brief discussion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very brief, I think. Though. It's, so it's been a meme for that long, huh? Well, wow. yeah, because it would have been like a new yeah. movie-ish yeah. around that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it would have just come out on. Digital or something. It is a fascinating project, man. It's such a weird film. It's the most expensive indie film. <laughs> it's a, it's an independent film. Yeah. It's independently it's independent financed. Movie. It's also the most uh -huh. expensive European film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. About a $200 million budget. It depends really where you look. <laughs> like for the budget but it's high it's like 200 million or more yeah, 223 million mm -hmm. yeah and it's um yeah it's directed by luke basson like you said um director of fifth element and leon the professional and lucy and it's actually produced yeah it's produced by his wife as well uh, luke basson's wife and it's about a bunch of crap <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bunch of crap did you read the comics alex oh yeah uh, it's based I, on comics as well <laughs> i actually did search it up and Thanks. i went through i say I, I didn't read them i'm gonna be real because i saw how how dense with text um yeah. all the speech bubbles were um i i couldn't do it uh this is the thing though right like what is with this movie? 2017, a, Val a $200 million Valerian adaptation. Valerian is what, like a weird French comic book? Did any yeah. of you guys, like, have any of you guys Never. heard of Valerian growing up? Never. Like, Never. No. This isn't like a Tintin or a Asterix oh, no. Obelisk thing. This is like, I feel like this is way more obscure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is super obscure. It's right. I think it's because it resembles kind of like a superhero space thing, and that was kind of getting popular. Like, when was the first Guardians? Like 2014 or something, right? 2014. Yeah, and The yeah. Force Awakens came out 2015. Yeah, big demand for these big poppy space movies. It feels like this is trying to capitalize off of that. And also, Luke is trying to uh, relive his uh, 
what's the other movie he made? Fifth Element? Fifth Element. Because he, he basically mm-hmm. just kind of did the Fifth Element again in a lot of ways with this movie. He, 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 there are a lot of similarities. Yeah, because the Fifth Element was directly inspired, right? It was inspired by Valerian. Oh. And I'm pretty sure the, the, the comic artist did a bunch of concept stuff for the Fifth Element. So, yeah, yeah they, they might as well exist in the same... <laughs> in the mm-hmm. same space they are very similar um, that yeah, is very yeah. funny and they, the movies have a lot of problems as well despite being <laughs> yeah. decades apart and it's it's uh-huh. interesting that this is what you would make with <laughs> like like an independently financed 226 million dollar <laughs> movie like this is this is your all in you know like this is an incredible investment and this is what you decided to do it is an incredible investment that yeah. did not work out. It's no, like no, watching money burn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like watching money burn on screen. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, like I, watching I, Elon I, Musk yeah. buy Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, my God. It's such an embarrassment, <laughs> that thing. Um, anyway, like, I think Luc Besson was trying to do something like what James Cameron does with his films in this. Like, like he was trying yeah. to recapture that fifth element. Yeah. tone for sure like he I thinks think, yeah. he's like this great science fiction director but i don't know what james cameron <laughs> does with his films it's not just about like it's not just about like the science fiction it's about like pushing the technology yeah and making yeah. like something that's actually commercially going to be successful like say whatever you want about his films but like you you could tell like they're marketed a certain way they're they're made for a certain audience that like will like it and enjoy it to a certain extent and they're visually like impressive and like i said they push the technology here it's like what is like what's like the hook of this film like why did they even make it you know it's just <laughs> it doesn't really stand out at all yeah it's like them trying to capture that that hollywood like science fiction film but they don't really understand like what they like what an audience is looking for from that yeah and just like the casting is bizarre it's the worst part about it the worst part about it easily (laughs) dean dahan cara delavine yeah clive owen rihanna ethan hawk it's like did they pick these people like through a roulette wheel or something it's like the most random people (laughs) it does feel that way rihanna probably got the most people in the seats honestly there's probably a bunch <laughs> of people that went to see a movie with Rihanna in it. And aside from that, like nobody else got anybody in the seats. Like nobody was going to look at Clive Owen in the trailer and be like, Ooh, I want to see this. Nobody looked at yeah. Dane to hunt like zero negative people looked at Dane. people probably avoided the movie. <laughs> He's the lead of the film. Well, it, it's such an interesting pick. Why? What was it about him in this time? Why? It's, the worst pick. Like, why? Because it's not It's not only just the casting, but, like, he's written as... He's supposed uh-huh. to be, like, a, an, a, handsome, a macho, like cocky, handsome yeah. bad You get, boy. like, a Chris Pratt for that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you replaced him with Chris Pratt and you replaced whoever the girl is with, like, J- Jennifer Lawrence... Yeah, with someone who could act, right. Somebody suggested this on Reddit, like, way back when. They were like, just swap the cast for Passengers, you know? It would make both movies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, they've got more of kind of a sibling thing going on in this movie, even though it's supposed to be like love interests. Right. Yeah, right. you could have told me that they were siblings the entire movie, and I would have believed you up until they kissed at the end, and maybe still believed you because it's Luke Besson. <laughs>
Yeah, his ode to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, if they didn't constantly talk about how they were going to get married, which is, by the way, that's like all they talk about other than like expository dialogue. They're just like, oh, are you going to marry me yet? And she's like, no. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It seems like they hate each other the entire movie. Like, it, it they does. both have it this. It seems like they can't stand sneer. each other. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. They, they both look pissed. They both got resting bitch face. Yeah. Is that just their acting or the characters? Like, I don't, I don't even know. There's got to be some of the worst characters, like in just science fiction films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I look at the side by side for the comics. I, I didn't read the fucking comics. Like, the dude's buff. Like, he doesn't look like a fucking crackhead. Why'd you cast Dane DeHaan? Dane DeHaan works for oh, yeah. roles where you would assume that the character had a drug problem in their past. Right? Or at least, or maybe yeah, currently yeah. going through one. <laughs> right? He worked well for Chronicle. He was good in Chronicle. He was good in A yeah. Cure for Wellness. Oh, yeah. Right? Those were roles he fit in. He does not work as Harry Osborn. He does not work as a fucking space hero. Right? What the hell are no. you thinking? Why would he, they cast him? He works him better as, as Osborn. Because, yeah, he yeah, he's got the goblin thing going on, at least. Even that. Oh, yeah. you like them as the goblin? Well, I didn't like him, but uh, I at least <laughs> understand that casting decision. You know? yeah. I can picture that. You know, I can sure. see like a bit of art with him, goblin, goblin, goblinized, and <laughs> sell it. But yeah, there, there's like a there's a, a big visual problem with this movie. Um, I guess there's kind of like a '90s jank charm to the Fifth Element that a lot of people like. Yeah, but here of the course it's made in what twenty would have been made in 2016 or ish. Man, so yeah, you got lots of CG creatures and monsters and yeah. <laughs> all, all sorts. It just looks like a big waste of money. Yeah, as you're watching it. Yeah, like how mm -hmm. are you supposed to be excited about it? Yeah, yeah they got I they got ILM and Weta to do a lot of these special effects as well. So it's like that's where I get confused for it. So I guess yeah, technically it is a quote unquote indie movie, but like how, how does it actually get that title if it's using <laughs> like Weta and ILM visual effects and yeah, right, uh huh, you know, it's mm -hmm. just based on how it's financed, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's an indie movie it's it's the yeah it's a, definitely yeah, an indie it, it definitely the avatar james cameron thing is a good thing to bring up because it does just feel like Luc Besson watched avatar and was like oh i can do it now <laughs> you know? oh. yeah right oh i can do that I can yeah do it without like without realizing <laughs> yeah. like how like hard that is to like pull off yeah yeah right? you, you, you didn't question the what hubris. it actually meant like what it was that he was uh -huh. gonna bring to screen because it's like man a two hours 16 minute long kind of pulpy ode to this corny adventure serial type storytelling except it it does have this kind of corny tone but then wants you to take it seriously as like this military espionage sci-fi thing like it can't figure out what part it wants you to care about is it these main characters and their plight is it like the sci-fi craziness and the aliens yeah like the world i guess because the movie <laughs> starts with like this little prologue it's so forgettable like i don't blame you if you forgot about this part it shows like <laughs> humanity modern day like going into space and um they're playing david i think bowie. yeah david oh, bowie david space bowie odyssey space, right. yeah, yeah. space oddity i think or yeah something like that but it's like, why is this in the movie? Like, what does this have to do with the characters or anything fucking happening in the plot? It's the like, thousand you cut planets. that out. It's the thousand <laughs> yeah. planets of aliens that it learn to matter. live with each other. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't need explanation, it doesn't. really. Like, you can it just doesn't. set something 
in a sci-fi future. You don't have to be like, well, and then they met this species yeah. and it was a fish in, yeah. in a fucking Bioshock suit and he had slimy hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like cares? they're trying to bridge the gap between now and like their stupid science fiction world when you didn't really need to do that. Yeah. Where you could have just had like a title card like Blade Runner does. Like this happened yeah. and then blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you're in the movie. Like it's just and so the things, unnecessary. The things they do choose to dedicate time to explaining are just like, why are you wasting the real estate? That that whole that, mm-hmm. that crazy section towards the beginning, that whole like action set piece, like in the in the it's desert, it's like a movie. VR shopping oh, yeah. center, um, and it's got all these like m- complicated setups and like technology, dimension hopping technology, and like Dane DeHaan's arm gets sent to like a different dimension and John Goodman alien shows up and it's this crazy complex sequence and like <laughs> yeah. it's just all of that setup is like abandoned after that scene it's like it never comes back into play in any way and it's like well, why did you spend like basically a TV episode length explaining uh-huh. these like c- complicated concepts for yeah. it to be nothing yeah. it's like such a strange waste of time it's like the first hour of the movie is that shit <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah. what you were saying about ant-man like there's just no context for any of it it's like mm-hmm. why should i care about any of this shit happening i don't i don't even know what's happening half the time it's just a bunch of cluttered visuals yeah like like Ugh. try try and catch me up on how the 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 the, the pimp rihanna stuff like actually winds up being in the movie right because there's a point where <laughs> valerian like he has that he's looking scene. He's, for her he's like running through a million he like crashes through a bunch of floors. That, that this movie loves that for some reason yeah like, yeah going through millions of floors he was looking for his sister <laughs> yeah oh, oh yeah his sister so so <laughs> that justified him being pulled aside by Ethan Hawke as uh, Jolly the Pimp. Yeah. And then yeah. this, like, a, egregious <laughs> Rihanna <laughs> musical number, like, plays for, like, five minutes, and it's, like, excruciating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fucking painful. And then she dies? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. She dies pretty unceremoniously and and out of nowhere. She. It was just kind of like, I'm, de- I'm dying now. Can you... Yeah, but Rihanna's a shapeshifter as well. Like she turns into like some kind of purple goo alien. We have Mystique at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like flea market Mystique. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Awful. Like maybe that was from the comic or something. Yeah, apparently the comic too. The comic is called Valerian and Lauraline. Like that's the title of the comic series. So, but they just went with Valerian. Good reason for it to be City City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah, I don't know why they did that instead of Laureline. Yeah, I couldn't even find what that was referencing. Like, if there was a famous run of the comic that, yeah, I couldn't even find. Um, but just comparing, yeah. like, the visuals to some of the stuff in the comics, like, it is... They they went for this hyper-realistic thing with the CG, so, like, these, these comical fantasy designs that look cool in 2D. Man, do they look creepy and freaky in uh 3d they have the, yeah. they have this like th- these three characters that are kind of little oh, exposition those. dump dibby things yeah. man look i'm gonna i'm gonna send a it's a it's a reddit post uh in the discord Please, yeah. it's a it's a comparison of those three characters in the movie compared to uh oh, how they wow. look like in the comics um, okay it's quite stark you know it's like man they really jar jarified really- <laughs> them 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they are quite Jar Jar. And if you oh. if you love Jar Jar, you, man, you got like damn a lot to pick from in this movie. They love that fucking kind of shit in this. Should have been Ralph Bakshi, <laughs> based on those things at the bottom, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or at least have it be an animated picture. It, it basically is anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the majority of the movie is, yeah, on a green screen for the most part. Anyway, that design was terrible. I hated those fucking characters. They were so annoying. They were very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Unbelievable. Everyone was annoying. They would they would introduce yeah. <laughs> like temporary side characters for yeah. like one scene, and the they pirate. were annoying. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the pirate. The, 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 that weird little side quest they go on with these like bulbous headed like things that have this ceremony where they're like all cooking food for their like king their royal leader oh oh remember that? like what? <laughs> maybe which part <laughs> so much stuff <laughs> wait you're gonna have to describe it a bit more there's just in detail. so much garbage in <laughs> yeah there's that whole scene is where rihanna dies you know where like they're shape-shifting as these weird bulbs oh, so when they were gonna eat her head no yeah that's right yeah, yeah. That, that's okay, the yeah, end of that things. scene yeah the fat the thick yeah, ones those guys yeah, the thick ones. Yeah, okay. And they're doing the, all these weird, like, it's clearly, like, mocap people, like, kind of physically overacting. Yeah. You know, you can, like, it's, like, mm-hmm. translated through the animation. You can, like, see the overacting. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrifying. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as overacting. You need to read the 12 principles of acting, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, principles. Luke Besson. <laughs> it seemed... This movie is very long. It feels way longer yeah, why than is it, it is. that long? It's two hours and 16 minutes. And it feels like it's most of what long. takes place in the movie is just completely separate from anything else. It's like a, a lot of <laughs> yeah, short yeah. stories. And it's really difficult to try and tie everything together in one fluid narrative. Like, it, it, it really doesn't help that the characters are uninteresting and I don't give a shit about them. I don't give a shit about their relationship. I don't care if they'd survive. And then just the greater <laughs> narrative of like, they had these like avatar kind of like native creatures and stuff. And the, the beginning, it was like, oh, the planet and the thing that poops the pearls and stuff. And it was just, <laughs> it's so, so much of it. Like, sure, they're trying to have this, overarching narrative like this this through line they're trying desperately but so much of what appears in the movie is just like hey look at this cool little gadget or hey look at this cool little effect or creature or other side character to the universe that is instantly forgotten about or like things that he does with his gun that just seem like very specific uses that are used for one time and before you even have a chance to think about it. You're already on to something else. So like there's that scene where he puts on the suit and he's running through walls and it's like, Oh, okay. I guess the suit can just like (laughs) breach any barrier. (laughs) And if somebody has that suit, they're unstoppable and you can just be like a space terrorist or whatever. And he pulls out his gun and he shoots these little, like it's in the trailer where he shoots in, into the space in front of him. And it makes like little stepping stone platforms and his gun can do that. Mm-hmm. And he's just running along yeah, yeah. At, like he's jumping on lily pads or something. And I'm just like, whoa, like that, that seems like the most oddly specific use for this, this <laughs> contraption here. Because like, <laughs> yeah. if let's say, if let's say you were designing something 
where you needed to get from one place to another and you didn't, you know, there, there was a bunch of empty space. Like you would probably just have like a pocket rope or ladder or like, a, you know, some sort of space version of that or like hologram, like, oh, shoot that out. But like the the individual pads that you you have to be like running as you're doing it, basically, like <laughs> what the hell? Like, how does it know the distance that you want to oh, whatever? It's just so much of it that just seems like, oh, that's really cool. And then they just don't do anything more with it, and it's just immediately forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was used once. Yeah, it's, it's got countless scenes like that, yeah. The, the, the thing he puts in his mouth, and the spider comes out, and make, when he got, they got captured, and they got the goo all over them, <laughs> and the thing comes, like, it's not even a breathing device. It's a, like a thing where the, they cut him out of, like, that's oddly specific. You yeah, know? quite convenient what, in a way. Yeah, yeah. What else could <laughs> yeah. that possibly be used for? <laughs> yeah, he has a gadget for everything. His gun can do so many different things. Like, you better hope you have it set to stun or freeze. Like, when you want it to do that. Like, how many different settings does this one gun have? It can turn invisible. <laughs> you know, just goes invisible in his yeah. back pocket. Fuck! Yeah. They had the yeah. whole hologram, like other universe fucking yeah. market at the beginning there's so much they, shit they love just like r- random details like remember the little side quest they go on where they go fishing for the yeah the cortex jellyfish it seems like they <laughs> um, tried to compress uh, like <laughs> trying 10 <to>. volumes <laughs> of this comic book into like one movie it seems like they yeah. were just like let's just show everything that was shown in the comics there's probably a lot of yeah yeah i bet that stuff. portal gun thing is in the comics or something and it's all yeah. just references to this Stupid. To this yeah. thing that nobody read. <laughs> so the fans are very excited. And to be fair, I feel like you could make that work. Like um, that film, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's basically adapting the entire comic run of Scott Pilgrim. But they did it really well. They like knew what to cut out and knew what to include. Yeah. So it doesn't feel too bloated. And yeah, that film flows really well. Whereas this, yeah, it just feels like it feels so episodic. You're right. It just cuts from one thing to the next. And there's like no progression or anything. It's just like... Yep, yeah, we're on to the next thing now. We're going to abandon those characters and just go on to the next thing. Yeah, really weird structure. And it's like, yeah, why should I care about any of this shit? It's very difficult to. It is. The music is by um, Alexander Dustplot, who does like, a Oscar lot of Wes Anderson now. stuff. God, really? Yeah. He, I didn't even know he did the yeah. music for yeah. this. That's, yeah. that's unfortunate. I don't know really love his stuff. Yeah, it's like the most bland, cut and paste, like science fiction score. Yeah, I was shocked by he that. He found it in, didn't try. I just, yeah, I read it on the wiki, the Wikipedia. I was like, wow, he did that? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a great score. Definitely one of the weakest things I've heard from him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's, yeah, that's kind of reeling from that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of cocky in a way. Like the movie feels like it's showing you these big action scenes, so and like big badass. space battles. And it's like, look oh. at this. This isn't this what you've been waiting to see yeah. Valerian on the big screen. You know, that's the kind of, that's the attitude it feels like it has, but you're just like, not only have I seen this kind of stuff, literally hundreds of times <laughs> at this point yeah star <laughs> wars guardians of the galaxy yeah it's much better versions of it as well yeah 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 but like yeah I, I don't know what he thinks he was achieving with this that yeah wasn't already done in the fifth element and that's now what you were saying adam about james cameron like you, the way you feel about him that, that's how i feel about <laughs> luke Besson at this point like i just 
<laughs> I don't like his movie. I don't. I don't get what it is about him. What what is the what, what is it about him and his movies that justifies this? You know. Well, he had a he had a few lucky films, really. <laughs> yeah, is it just as simple as that? You just get your fifth element in your yeah. yeah. He had yeah. things that were commercially appealing. Yeah, he makes movies that some people like. But it's like even like man pitching this in this time period like getting this made like that's a lot of, like <laughs> that's a lot of money mm-hmm. you know a lot of money a lot of money <laughs> more money than a lot of countries like make <laughs> yeah i'm still not sure how he did that mm-hmm. why did it, mm-hmm. why did they pick dane DeHaan? <laughs> you could have just you would have had a more successful movie anybody but yeah anybody but those two i don't think they could get anybody else I mean, but they had $200 million, exactly. right? So That's the thing. you could, gotta, you could the get thing. anybody for that. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, like, a worse duo they could have picked. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, the least of I don't think so either. They probably gave them both a lot of money. Like they had other movies that they were in at the time that were successful, I guess. And so they were like, oh, okay, well, I guess we can put them in this. I just don't know why. Yeah. Why would you do that? Shocking casting. For what It's one of the worst things about it, yeah. It, it, it's the mm-hmm. worst thing about it for me, easily, is the casting. <laughs> like, I would care so much more about what was happening if I just didn't hate their screen presence. They have no chemistry with each other. <laughs> like, if they don't care, how am I supposed to care? They obviously don't. I feel like yeah. the, the, the writing in the script, though, is like, there's nothing. Go- there's nothing. I, I don't think any actor yeah. could save it. Like, the, what do they have going on? <laughs> Not even CP? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I would take uh, CP over Dane DeHaan in this movie. Okay, I gotta say, I, I definitely take CP over Dane DeHaan. Yeah, like, um, sorry, like Herbie Hancock is in the movie. <laughs> like, you know, the musician. Like, why he plays some like fucking general or something? Like, why is he in the movie? <laughs> The casting is so fucking bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the weirder, like, <laughs> yeah. blatant, like, list of casting that is just off. There's something, like, really wrong going yeah. on here. It's either a bunch of no-names or, like, people like that, like Rihanna and Herbie Hancock. and Yeah, Ethan Hawke, he was, like, embarrassing himself. John Goodman was in it. Did you hear John Goodman? Yeah, John Goodman, Goodman for yeah. one scene, Rick Gahauer for one scene, Ethan Hawke for one scene. It's yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm very anti-Luc Besson at this point. Because there was one point in my life where I just thought, like, oh, yeah, probably The Fifth Element is probably a good movie. And I never connected with it and just didn't know why. But there was another point in my life where, like, I was a bit younger and I was like, oh, Leon the Professional, it's not bad. And every, and I haven't seen it since, but every year that passes, I'm like, it's kind of a fucking pedo movie. It's kind of like a weird, like, <laughs> do we want to call it pedophile or a febophile or whatever? It's kind of a weird man attracted to children movie, you know? And then I yeah. and yeah. what is uh, Fifth Element? Uh, fucking no, Leon, Leon the professional, professional, where like he thirsts over like a twelve-year-old. Oh yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, I think it was. I think Leon was. Um, yeah, I think it was re-edited like um, for America. I think. Oh, maybe to like cut some of that, cut some of that down a bit to make it more like a father-daughter thing than a 
you know, that's a man, <laughs> whatever. <interesting. laughs> yeah, that isn't, I, I don't know which one I've seen then. I think so. I, you know, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. And yeah, look, I, I think that's a great movie, Leon the Professional, but it's not like... Um, like it's not like shit like this. Like this is like science. Him trying to do science fiction or whatever. This is like total fucking bullshit to me. Yeah, that was actually like <laughs> a real movie, right? <laughs> it's like well made. So, so I, I had I had my suspicions about this director and something that nobody told me to do last time with the Fifth Element, but uh, some people in chat told me to do this time was <laughs> go to his pers- personal life section on Wikipedia. Oh hmm. wow! And. Uh, yeah, he uh, he impregnated a 15-year-old and then married her at 16. And they started dating when she wow. was 12. <laughs> and he was Jesus and Christ. he was like 29, 29 or something. <laughs> like he was 29. Oh yeah. man. Okay. So he's my age now. So he's like he's like that's that's literally that's what he is. So it's not even yeah, like a weird Yeah, it's definitely a creep. Like up yeah. for debate that get anymore. Like holy shit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not debating he's a creep. I'm just saying I'm Leon's just, I'm just like I, <laughs> a lot of I didn't know like before this movie. Well, before this watch of this movie. Yeah. I didn't know that and I just find it insane that like this isn't this isn't new shit. This is very old shit. This is very yeah. old shit. Mm-hmm. And this I mean, he's still making, you know, Lucy was very successful, (laughs) you know, and like, it's crazy how normalized doing that was at some point in time. And it doesn't seem like that long ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was maybe a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Like even Woody Allen movies were like cute, like Woody Allen movies come out every year and, you know, all the stuff that came out about him. But he had a long career after those. Yeah. that's kind of stuff came mm-hmm. out, right? Yeah, he's a he's a weirdo, and even like Fifth Element has stuff like that. Like I, I remember Mila Jovovich's character was like a had like you know baby kind of brain, brain or something. Yeah, yeah it's like that, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the mind of a child. <laughs> I meant that. I talk. I talk like a baby the whole time. Bye, 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 yeah, bye. yeah. Just There's definitely like some stuff child, like yeah. that in there. Yeah. It's very fucking weird. And so there's this there's this featurette from I don't know if it's from the DVD or something, but somebody uploaded it on YouTube and at about like a a minute and 45 seconds through it. If you want to f- find it on YouTube, I posted it in the chat. But anybody listening, you want to find it on YouTube. It's called the title of the upload is documentary about Natalie Portman role in Lyon, the professional 1994. And it's uploaded by like a fucking fan channel of leon and matilda (laughs) and it's it's uploaded by someone clearly like having this weird fascination or infatuation over like their relationship and it's like a fan page and then you you click on the video and you listen to it and there's like i think the casting director he's talking about things that leon had said and natalie portman was 12 at the time she did her audition and the casting director was like, oh, yeah, I love her, but I'm worried that she'll be too young uh, for Leon. And then he says in this featurette, uh, he went to Leon and all these other girls that were like 13, 14 were too old for him. And his quote, his quote that Leon said, he said, I don't want a girl who knows sex. I want a girl who thinks she knows sex as his justification for hiring a 12 year old in the role. That's yeah. literally, and the yeah. casting director is like Fucking saying hell. this gleefully with like sparks in his eyes, like as if that's just a normal thing to say on camera to like a, a like a featurette 
about your fucking movie like it was this seems insanely normalized and this was like this was not long ago this is it's like uh, if you start at like a minute 45 seconds and then just watch that whole part and the whole thing is just really like watch uh, i'll give you as much time as you want it's fucked it's crazy like that's nuts yeah, well, Natalie Portman's come out and said she's, there's, like, some cringy things about Leon the Professional. She came out and said that her first piece of fan mail was someone who had watched the film and uh-huh. and mailed her a, a rape fantasy. And she got that at age 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just... <sighs> I don't know if I could go back and like watch that movie again because it, it's really yeah. fucking creepy. It's really oh, fucking yeah. creepy, and it, it clearly exists as this like sort of bizarre like man-child relationship movie, fantasy movie, right? And, and yeah. he's he's put himself in this like you know perspective of like oh I'm Leon and I'm gonna I'm gonna protect this little girl. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. that's self insight. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people would say that's like one of Natalie Portman's first huge roles. Like, it is her. her like, she wouldn't have a career without mm-hmm. it. We wouldn't have Black Swan. Without oh, yeah. It, you know, like, so yeah, it's great it's for crazy. her. Great for her. It and says it, you more know, about the industry, too. Yeah, that it was so normalized. You are right. Yeah, yeah. it's like crazy the kind of shit people would just like get away with. <laughs> Like insane behavior. This this clip is is wild. It's like, fucked. What, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So what is is a documentary about Natalie Portman specifically, right? Like it wasn't. I I don't know. I don't know what what it's from. Because it's just because that music they're playing with it makes it makes it sound like a like a murder documentary or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. That is that is really really crazy that, that is like recorded but yeah it's only 94 i was born that year yeah not to make light of a dark subject like that but yeah just saying <clears throat> it's it's yeah. like it's not that long ago <laughs> no it really isn't yeah and it, it was like you know it's like a major release and just people i don't know like did people have these discussions about that? Like, it seems I, like if you I, I if you go not. back in time, you look at like any fucking rock band from like the eighties, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we mm-hmm. have all these like fourteen year old groupies and shit." You know, like fucking Kiss wrote a song like what what is it called? Like something sixty. The whole point of the song is that oh, she's sixteen, yeah, yeah. and the, the lyrics are like, "Oh, I knew you were special when I saw you and I picked you up from school." Like, holy shit! Now the mm. same. <laughs> The, yeah. the same guy that wrote the song is now doing the trans panic thing. Like, they're grooming your kids. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you dressed up like a girl and wrote a song about, like, fucking a 16-year-old. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Look at Brian Singer, man. Like, some of the biggest films. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, it's like, oh, Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all kinds of directors. Yeah. I got accused of this kind of stuff. Yeah. But even, like, Almost Famous was kind of about that. Like, the groupies, um, you know, mm-hmm. getting emotionally abused by like the rock stars right yeah yeah, yeah it's very com- and i think like i think a large part of it is people were just so uncomfortable to have those kinds of discussions like whenever you use like that kind of those kinds of words like pedophile or whatever like people mm-hmm. get uncomfortable so they just don't even want to talk about it and i yeah. feel like that's why so much of that kind of shit has gotten away like people get away with it for so long because the second you bring in words like that people like you know <laughs> they like look at you like 
they double take at you. Like, oh, what, you got a mm-hmm. problem? Yeah, especially when there's, like, money and jobs and power involved yeah. as well. But it's but, it's yeah. fairly common. I mean, we talk about this a lot with, like, all these, like, a lot of these directors are, like, kind of fucking weirdos sometimes. Um, not so much today, or at least I hope not. They're probably <laughs> just more in the closet about it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Not they as probably overt. just aren't doing these, like, fucking documentaries talking about that shit <laughs> in front of the camera about anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they're keeping mm-hmm. it a bit more subtle yeah maybe. It's, it's hard mm-hmm. like separating that art from the artist because yeah there are artists who make like really good stuff and then they turn out to be kind of not kind of bad people like woody allen or roman polanski and then there's yeah. <laughs> at least those two made good movies <laughs> you know well, yeah <laughs> yeah you've brought a what was that guy who did the shitty movie like there's directors who make shitty movies like that too it's like the worst of both worlds uh, the guy in that, that case. did uh, yeah uh powder and yeah whatever jeepers creepers Jeepers oh yeah creepers, that guy yeah. i'm not even gonna dignify him with a name like, I, don't even, I don't know his name yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like that um you know separating the art from the artist it's a complicated situation for yeah. sure um especially with movies like that where like leon the professional where it seems like so like connected to like <laughs> the directors like that that's view. like that's the yeah. weirdest yeah. fucking yeah. like when you it, it's a self-insert character that's obviously based off of like his ex-wife the 15 year old that he impregnated and then married said in an interview that she believes that it was based off of their relationship because they started dating when she was like 12 mm. man yeah that's nuts that's yeah. crazy yeah what the fuck dude <laughs> I, I didn't know all that shit about it. i mean i knew the movie was like yeah, I know the movie was like disturbing content. I knew Luke Bassana's allegations against him too. Yeah, that's part of what's crazy uh, about it is like, why are we just discovering this right now? Like, why? What yeah, the hell? Yeah. Like, how come I didn't know about that? How do we get a whole Valerian later and then we learn about this? Yeah, how do we get a thousand yeah. planets later? <laughs> yeah, we could have like we could have stopped Valerian, but <laughs> we we're too late. This, yeah. We were too late. Yeah, <laughs> the damage is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it, it does fall into that kind of like pocket of movies that feel like they've gone so wrong that they almost feel like money laundering projects or something you know like something yeah. just yeah. so sus- deeply suspicious about it something mm-hmm. just so like kind of sus it, it feels like um the producers this movie it's like they just embell- <laughs> like they're trying to make a flop so they could like collect the tax like incentive <laughs> yeah, or yeah. something <laughs> yeah they just cast all their friends in it and like give Rihanna a little bump for no reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Rihanna musical scene it was so gratuitous you're right it just goes on for fucking ever. It's like, but why? You kind of forget you're watching like a sci-fi <laughs> yeah. like adventure for that scene. Because you are just kind of in like a, yeah, so like a pretty wacky like brothel type location. But yeah. she just keeps like, she's not like a, an obvious alien. She's just like, oh, I'm in the schoolgirl outfit. Oh, I'm the nurse. And it's yeah. Like, what? She's doing quick change. Every single one of her costumes is like from... 2017 culture and not from the future like <laughs> yeah, yeah. schoolgirl yeah maid catwoman like yeah. all this shit Nurse. is just so familiar yeah, yeah. like you what do you what has fashion not changed at all you couldn't invent like a new costume for the shit do they not in the comics like why is it why is this all old shit it's so weird it's so stupid and then they just did that for one scene and forgot about it like all the every the entire fucking movie is just like oop, we're doing this and then nope we're not 
not anymore. Also, <laughs> she had that line at the end of her fucking her striptease saying, "I started doing this when I was four. And I was like, "Really, Luke? Oh, I missed that." Yeah, she. That was a line in the fucking movie where she was like, "I start. I started doing this when I was four. Like, fuck off, dude. Really, <laughs> what is with this guy? Yeah, I mean, it's just like whenever we talk, whenever we talk about one of his movies, it just devolves into this conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah, about yeah. him being a fucking creep because he just like he keeps putting shit like that in his movie. It's like every fucking movie he makes is like about some weird shit like that. He's gotta. He, it's, he feels compelled to just like put it in the movie, like Quentin yeah. Tarantino and Feet. <laughs> uh huh. But that's like funny. <laughs> the feet yeah, the, fo- the foot fetish is funny, and also like yeah, when it's in the movie, he's that. you know he's giving himself jerk off wanking material, right? Whereas like this yeah. Luc Besson, I guess he's also doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I was you know, when I when I saw that in the movie, I was like, "You fucking creep!" Just keep it in your fantasies or whatever and then somebody sent me the link to the wikipedia personal life section i was like oh god damn it he didn't do that he didn't keep it in i his can't fantasy. believe i missed that that, that is crazy yeah, I, 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 not, I missed not, that you're too not, you're not judging me right now because that's no, crazy I, I, I got put on uh, there's a clip that on the clips channel because i did a watch along to this actually <laughs> that's really funny i missed let's that see, too let's see what the exact line was oh my let's god see. okay here we go I, I, yeah, I just can't recommend Luke Besson movies anymore because it's always gonna get to <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. It's always gonna be <laughs> about how he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, I started at age four. Is the line? <laughs> <laughs> that is so unnecessary. Oh yeah, there it is. There's why would you do that? And why would you put that in the movie? I I'm willing to bet that wasn't in the comics. I'm willing to bet that that was <laughs> Luke Besson writing that in and it wasn't in his the gun flair yeah his little style oh my you know? god let's do, a tr- let's do a trunk shot it's my signature let's let's have let's have this the sexualized character say also i did this as a baby <laughs> what do you think about that yeah i did this as a baby actually yeah his cooling card <laughs> fuck yeah pisses me off uh-huh. why are you why are you putting that in your movies because you can get away with it, clearly. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's. I just, I'm so <laughs> mad at him. <laughs> I feel like he's gotten away with it. I mean, I'm almost, in, I'm just shocked by it. Yeah, the anti-chemistry he's like able to muster from like, <laughs> some okay actors, you know, like what some of these scenes are like really weird. The the whole dynamic with the the, the lead to. Most of their, like, dialogue scenes is them kind of, like, grappling. <laughs> they just, like, keep going up to each other and, like, grappling really close up and, like, having these, like, <laughs> weird discussions up close and personal. And it's, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, tense and hot and heavy, like uh, Han Solo and Leia or something like that. But, it, yeah, it does just feel really awkward and misplaced. And Yeah. Yeah, no one, no one really knows what they're doing. Well, feels like they're in. Everyone feels like they're in different movies. Everything feels fucking awkward and misplaced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the chemistry is just awful. Oh my god! I noticed that like there was a lot of shit that kind of reminded me of Mass Effect. The Katron were kind of like the Geth. Mm, yeah. And it was just like I was watching the movie, just being like, "Fuck, I want to play Mass Effect," you know? Because there's no hook to this universe. The whole uh, Thousand Planets <laughs> concept. Yeah. Is basically the Citadel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no hook to this universe. In the same mm-hmm. way that there's a hook yeah, to the Mass Effect universe. Like, 
there's something interesting about that universe. I want to discover more about it. Whereas this is just like you're mm-hmm. just showing me a bunch of like bland space nonsense. And I don't care. And she sticks yeah. her head inside a fucking jellyfish asshole. <laughs> for like that, that oh, yeah. I did see is in the comic books. I saw yeah. that was accurate to the comic books. I saw that panel. Why did they, when they filmed <laughs> the interior shot and it's just her head, why did it show her breathing? When, like, when she takes it off, she, she's like drenched in water. But in the interior shot, there's like a minute and she's like looking at all these visions. She's like, ah, ah. it's like they forgot. Like, you're supposed to hold your breath. Yeah. What are you breathing? But by that point, the like mechanics of how all this was working was like just floating way over my head. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I wanted it to make some sense. Yeah, right. You just don't even care about what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it like, doesn't mean anything. Like, no. I noted down this one line that was like, it really stood out to me of like, what? Why did they like even mention that? It was um, in regard to the the cortex jellyfish we just we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's this line that this guy just drops where he's like. Da, 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 that's where they get their hypersensitivity from. It's just like, what is it? What is that to explain why it can like eat memories? Like, why even do you're making me like more confused by the information you're dropping? Just have it do it. You don't even need to explain, you know, like it's, there's so many mechanics at play. It's like where you're choosing to divulge is just like completely random. And then when it does like devolve into the big like action spectacle, you don't care about any of the characters. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what are you showing? Why should I care about any of this? Why should I care about these spaceships flying around, exploding? And yeah, there's just nothing to hook you in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really boring. Cause you just don't give a shit about anything. Like it's like impossible <clears throat> to care. I hate the characters. I actually hate them. Mm. Like I just want uh-huh. them to yeah. die the whole movie. I'm like, please. Anytime it teased, like they were in danger. I'm like, kill them now to make the movie better <laughs> yeah stupid faces the real kind of hook is the like the, the major MacGuffin of the movie the one ring or the like r2d2 type thing that gets the plot moving these these little like dragon monsters these dragon shitters. pig things the pearl shitters yeah, yeah. they shit pearls With, yeah <laughs> and they're also like being they're being zapped with like what like uranium or some shit she's just like holding it in her hands like you're gonna get cancer why are you holding that in your hands like it's radioactive yeah they'll, they'll drop some huge important line like that in like a throwaway half sentence but then they'll divulge into this jellyfish shit like it's like what, why are you honing in on these random facts it's like Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what part of this am I supposed to care about? Like those little pearl shitters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a perfect like a, name for them. That's exactly what. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's what like the, each pearl is like so dense with energy, you could like power everything with them and uh-huh. something like that. Um, but that's not even why that it was like the whole espionage part of the story, where it is like yeah, the Avatar people that are innocent and they're. They're basically killed by accident because of like a war above that was happening. Humans, um, yeah, wind up just killing them by accident. Big um, oops. But it, yeah, it doesn't really involve the the energy MacGuffin stuff really at all. Like it doesn't really matter that that's even part of it as much. Mm-hmm. It's, no. Yeah, it's all very confused in how it like all comes together. And then, yeah, it starts getting a plot 
about an hour and 50 minutes in where, yeah, they start talking about the cover-ups and how it relates. But then yeah, the, movie the ends, late movie yeah. exposition. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story. So like they had the, the, so the scene at the very beginning where they're all like, Oh, the thing's happening. And they go into the bunker and then the one avatar girl or whatever, she's like, Oh, I'm trapped outside. And then she, in like zaps her soul into valerian and is like i trust you to do this and figure it out and he's like oh yeah. okay so as she yeah. dies she like sends like a beam of power with, yeah like her memories like attached to them and she yeah. knew where valerian was and she was like that guy <laughs> yeah she just sends sends it to valerian for some reason yeah yeah but that it happened like a long time ago or something i i don't but so yeah, the, 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 it wasn't when they're behind the barrier, those of them that survive, they were actually in a ship and the ship was on the planet as the planet was being disintegrated basically. But it was, I guess the most structurally intact thing <laughs> on the entire planet. Yeah, and they somehow survived survive somehow, even though the, like the planet got like literally disintegrated the ship that was on the planet and didn't move from the planet as it's getting blasted survived and parts of it, I guess didn't, but like it was just enough that, Oh, you know, they had their own atmosphere still and they could start life again. Like, I don't, it's so dumb. It's so stupid. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> stupid. You know, it's like, it's stupid enough to carry like an hour 10 minutes hour 15 for being generous but now this is yeah two hours 16 there's just too many wacky crazy ideas like not being honed in by anything there's nothing there's no reason <laughs> yeah. to show this many images strung together there's, there's nothing that keeps it cohesive it is so bloated yeah and just like what i was gonna say our discussion is so fragmented about it because the movie has a terrible structure it just goes <laughs> yeah. from one thing to the next and yeah like none of it fucking matters you can't even pinpoint yeah, where like, anything what's is. the order yeah it's like batman versus <laughs> superman you could like re-edit it in any order and it would be like mm. the same movie yeah yeah nothing like nothing affects matters. the previous scene before it there's like no knock-on effect from like events yeah it's all like totally random yeah like uh star wars or whatever that movie's structured great it's one of the it's like you know probably one of the best screenplays ever written in terms of just pacing and yeah this is like fucking it it, it just yeah. goes from one thing to the next yeah it's so episodic nothing matters like the whole movie they're introducing characters like halfway through it. Like, does that Rihanna character even show up in the first like hour and a half of the film? It's like, <laughs> I feel like she's like, like the movie's almost over when they have her show up and then there's this whole arc. And oh, yeah, I remember there's this scene they fight in like the throne room or whatever. She, yeah, Such she shit. It was so boring. <laughs> it was so weird because she wasn't able to walk properly as they're going up to that location. She's like, I needed some pra time to practice. Why did you make me rush? Yeah. And she's hiding him inside her. So she like vored him a bit or something. And so they go up mm -hmm. and then they save his sister <laughs> and from getting the top of her head eaten. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and then Rihanna controlling the thick alien is able to do like this crazy <laughs> fucking ninja flip and like assassinates a king. Like, literally just assassinates a king, like, in a weird side scene, basically. 
Yeah, kind of brutally. Doesn't he like cut her, cut the brain off? Yeah, the guy? it was like, like the top how do you his... like it when you cut yeah. off the top of it's your head? It's too brutal for like a this kind of movie. Like it doesn't, it's not like Guardians of the Galaxy where they work that tone well. No. It's just like it was too much. Yeah. It was weird. Were those aliens like bad guys? Because when Dan Dahan shows up, he's know. just like exploding their heads slight left and right. They're not, <laughs> right. It's not like <laughs> the stormtroopers exactly. or whatever. Like, yeah, you're they right. just seem like normal fishermen like guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Valerian's culture. a murderer. <laughs> just killed all these yeah, fucking creatures. Yeah, because he's like a cop. He's a federal agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the framing. Yeah. <laughs> just going through, yeah. just exploding the heads of... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's terrible. She, like, dumps him out and then pretends to be him for a second and tricks his oh, yeah. sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she gets <laughs> mad. Keep saying his sister. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, because it's funny. But this is a Gaspar Noé movie now. Yes, like weird yes. sister <laughs> well, relationship. So she was doing the ninja flips, and she like assassinated the king. But then Dane DeHaan says out loud, "No, I want to fight on my own. I'm better, or whatever." Like, just keep her. She was doing crazy shit. Why did you tell her like, "Oh, I want to fight on my own"? I'm, you know, like, did he feel insecure after watching her do some crazy shit? Yeah, and then yeah, they go to the next scene, and then she dies immediately for no reason. She's like, actually, like, oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't there some line like, um, like Cara Delevingne's character was mad at Dane DeHaan, like, I can't believe you were inside another woman or something like that. I don't know. Or am I just imagining that? <laughs> I feel like that was a line in there. I don't Again, know. didn't fit the movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was there. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Yeah. It's like, why is that necessary? It's just cringe, yeah. Very fever dreamy. But also, it feels like it was made way too late. It, it feels like it more sits in the... You know, that really, that, that really so awkward dated, yeah. period of movies from like 2010, where it was like John Carter, Mars... Also Needs not Mons, successful. Sucker Punch. <laughs> yeah. All these, you know, where it's like, we kind of I have the technology up. in a place mm-hmm. and we're willing to just drop these stupid budgets on something that, like, we haven't really thought about. Desperately <laughs> trying to <laughs> grab IPs from anywhere is essentially what was happening. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And yeah. just throwing money at it, thinking, like, that's what makes it successful. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. we were in the superhero just, yeah, thing. Yeah. That's what actually mm. bugs me the most about the movie, though, because it's like, damn it, you had, like, the funds, you had all this talent, and, like, <laughs> Luke Besson had to, like, write the script and direct this. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, ah, could have done something with this. It really, it's just like, yeah, where's the fun? Like, there's nothing fun about that movie. No. There's no reason to watch it. It's not entertaining. But when it's trying to be fun, it's just creepy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. If you're trying to do a high-budget science fiction movie, like, make something relatable and make something, like, fun. Like, something people want to, like, see. Like, why is there weird lines of dialogue and all this bullshit in there? And just, <laughs> yeah, like, a, a better cast really would have helped the movie somewhat. It yeah, would have been bland, like... but, it, that, yeah, it would have been, like, Passengers or something, but at least people yeah. would have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> What needs to be, yeah, one of the extremes, or it, or it needed to be wackier, you know? It's like stuck mm-hmm. in an awkward in-between where it's like, yeah, there's not enough visual flair or, like, personal style coming out of this to justify the big kind of Star Wars approach where it it isn't 
isn't pulling that off, you know? Like it, it isn't delivering on the things you'd expect from that kind of movie and it isn't delivering mm -hmm. from something wackier. It, it really isn't delivering anything. It is just watching a bunch of money burn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. And just for no reason, right? Like it's not like they even believed in the concept. I just think they might have made money back. Maybe that's what they were thinking. I like know. I think um, Star Wars was independently financed as well mm -hmm. um, to some extent. Like mm -hmm. George Lucas helped finance it or something, but that you know he really believed in that and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> like he also I, like I, made I, it up. Like he 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 combined all the things he loved, all the IP he loved. Yeah. He put the cowboys in. He put a bit of Dune in there. He put the samurai films in there, and yeah, made his own thing instead of trying to adapt something decades after it's too late, like a Valerian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, crazy movie. Just watching money burn. Insane. I mean, I kind of love that as well. I love watching movies. That yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. It's the most interesting yeah. thing about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Is that it's, it's like a a, there's shit. a line in Succession that uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character has. Like, success is easy. It's like execution plus capital. But failure, that's like, you know, that's surprising. <laughs> so it's like as much failure as fast as possible. And that's like what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, exactly it's unbelievable. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's shocking. Just like such a spectacular failure, it's become a meme. It's like, does like, I know people want us to talk about it. To, like, I don't think people have actually seen it or like know anything about it. It's just <laughs> like a joke. Like, the movie's just a fucking joke. It's a total fucking joke made yeah. by a weird French guy. The name of the film, like the title of the film, is just associated with failure. Yeah. <laughs> the title of the film is it's like garbage. It's just a bunch of word salad. It, like the title means nothing. It's just a bunch of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like it, you don't even know what it means. Like why would anyone pay money to see this shit? Well, so the city of a thousand planets is basically supposed to be like the ship that all the alien the thing that all the aliens are on. Because the thousand planets is supposed to like represent the thousand species or whatever. Like, oh, they the don't even aliens. introduce that stuff until really like know. the last third of the movie, right? It's like so late in the movie they introduce all that. Like, oh, there's the city of a thousand planets. I'm like, I feel like the movies. I like I've been sitting here for a half an hour and a yeah. half. When they say when they first establish it, it's like, yeah, there are nine million people on it. So what? That's, that's well, that's not very many. A thousand planets? <laughs> do, do you really mean yeah, nine really? million? Like. <laughs> that's yeah. like london nine million people <laughs> yeah, from a thousand it. different planets oh okay each okay that's yeah. a bit more uh, so yeah, there, okay. there's like a thousand races there's a thousand, a thousand cultures yeah 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 i don't know there's, okay. there was like no sense of scale to anything like you didn't understand like all these different creatures or whatever so no. there was just no impact or like consequence to anything there was no nothing mattered you know yeah exactly there was no tension like you weren't clear like what they were even fighting for or what was going on and yeah um we didn't really talk much about the clive owen stuff in this oh my god um <laughs> Yeah, like, I really like Clive Owen as an actor, and, you know, I, like, I respect that he's done a lot of good stuff that I like, and, like, Children of Men, and I just feel like he's really wasted in this movie, and it's such a shame. I feel like he's a great actor, and he never really got his due, you know? Like, he's never been in that, He like, was popular really... for three years. Yeah, like, but he, I think he's really great. Like, I'm, I wish Children of Men did better in, like, these films, because I, I really like him. I want to see I, more I, versatility from him. 
Yeah, and I rewatched um Shoot 'Em Up recently. That's a really fun movie. It's mm-hmm. like super campy, but you know he does embrace like that goofy character, and it, it like works really well. You know, it's not like total shit like this. Like, yeah, it's campy, but like talented people are working on it. Yeah, and yeah, in this movie, he just res- it's usually just he's yelling. It's like his acting mode in this movie. He's yeah. like yelling, and it's like you know it's, it's such a waste of a great actor in this. Such a fucking waste. It pissed me yeah, off. This, is, this whole movie is a waste, man. Like, it's a waste yeah. of ILM and Weta's, you know, visual effects. It's, every part of it is a waste. Yeah. It's a waste of the Valerian source material. There's a really funny <laughs> that line that Clive Owen says, and he says, basically near the end of the movie, I am a soldier, and soldiers always choose death over humiliation. Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Is that when they train you? Yeah, like COVID. fucking basic training? They're like, okay, if you're going to get humiliated, you want to actually die instead. You never want to be humiliated. <laughs> what are you talking about? Soldiers always choose yeah. death over humiliation. What does that mean? That's crazy. That's the craziest yeah. thing anybody's yeah. ever said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, you didn't know that? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, that's what you're stupid dialogue. When you're yeah. a soldier, is like, don't humiliate yeah. yourself. You want to die instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's actually uh, directed a film post Valerian that I didn't know about. That I just discovered mm-hmm. Anna, twenty nineteen. I know. Oh yeah. Did you guys I, see that one? I didn't watch it. I though. didn't see it. Um, no, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Two upcoming as well. So he's not out of the, out of business Jesus yet. Christ. Like, yeah. What do you got to do to these guys to get them to stop? <laughs> Someone needs to figure it out. It's like, How do yeah, we get this what, what, to stop? What is the rule? Is it like you just have two like critic commercial successes and then you can just be like an M. Night or a Luc Besson like, and just yeah. coast? As long as it doesn't get too... Forever. Well, it matter how dire it becomes. Like, but at least yeah, M. Night forever. isn't like a weird sex pervert. Like if People <laughs> like working with him. Yeah, you know, so his movies suck, his but stuff. yeah. The, I've yeah, never the, heard like M. Night's sad. a bad guy like, to work no, with. No, like, no, no, no. Like, what do you gain from being in a Luc Besson movie? Like, fucking nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I feel like there's been more of a, like, a rise against that kind of behavior now. Like, um, David O. Russell, like, that movie Amsterdam was, like, a huge bomb. Um, I don't know if it was because of it. You know, he's but... he's a weirdo. You don't think so? I'm, I'm sure... Um, I don't think the average there are at least some people. Twitter. No, I'm not saying that, but I think like the average critic or like like moviegoers who are like like kind of like us, no, and that affected the ratings of the film. And I feel like that was just kind of like a snowball effect, where like you know people didn't Maybe. like him, they didn't really care about the film, and then you know it just kind of spiraled from there. And yeah, that movie sucks too. Um, I mean, that would be a factor also. <laughs> is if yeah, the movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's too far the other direction. You make something so bland that it has, like, no personality and it just yeah. sucks. Yeah. Whereas here, he, like, threw in weird dialogue and, like, shit like that. Yeah. It's um, it's shocking. It really is a shocking movie. Like, nothing like this comes out of Hollywood, I feel. Like, even that Ant-Man movie is, like, kind of a mediocre, even bordering on bad. But just this movie, it has no fucking progression or anything. Like that first 50 minutes, it's just like, it comes and goes and you don't know what the fuck is happening because there's no <laughs> setup for it. And then afterward, there's no consequence for it. It like can be cut out of the movie. Like the first hour of the movie doesn't matter at all. 
Doesn't feel like it, no. <laughs> it's no. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It, or it could have been like cut down like a 10 minute sequence that could have been like fun. But the movie wastes like so much fucking time in the beginning and like setting up that alien planet and the pearl shitters and whatever. Like you see them in the beginning, like the, that alien gets killed and, and you, like you don't fucking care about her at all. And then later you see her mom and her mom brings back the girl's ghost and he's like talking to the girl's ghost. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? And at the end of the movie, like they save the planet and then she's like, okay, my daughter, you can sleep in peace now. And like, just like the ghost fucking disappears. Like what? You, you're not going to see your daughter ever again? Like, why wouldn't you keep the ghost around? Or I don't know. It's just like... Like, like, what is even going on? It's fucking random. Yep. Pearl shitters. <laughs> Pearl shitters. I love that term. Yeah. That's Good. right. Yeah, because it starts <laughs> and then it like jumps 400 years, doesn't it? Like after that whole montage. Yeah. Yeah, it's like jumping hundreds of years. Yeah. Fucking bizarre. For like that scene does not need to be in the movie. That whole opening. <laughs> like It just doesn't matter. None of that shit matters. All right. Uh... Before we give our ratings, I just want to say it was really funny hearing Rihanna say the words, what good is freedom when you're an illegal immigrant without a home? <laughs> just hearing, <laughs> hearing Rihanna say that, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, it's Rihanna. What a crazy movie. It's not, it's not the character. You just see Rihanna. That's really like, funny. I know you're a rich person. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, two out of ten. Two out of ten for me. Yeah, one star for me. It's 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 one of those kind of spectacular failures that I've seen it two or three times now, and man, it's just yeah, shocking each time. It's like <laughs> the, the the amount of coordination and agreement and financing and timetables that have to be assembled to put together a project of this scale. Just that's all I'm thinking about when I'm watching this shit. Is that like the hundreds of people that it took to organize this and like this was the end product you know it does just Mm -hmm. feel like a self-indulgent waste and there is something very frustrating about that yeah you know this movie is frustrating it does kind of make me mad and i i don't even know really why it's just like such a spectacular fucking bomb and such a waste of time for everyone like it's just such a fucking waste like everything about it (laughs) um I guess maybe there's some production value there sometimes. Like, you know, I do appreciate, like, the effects work sometimes. Like, those creatures, their their skin was kind of, like, detailed and realistic looking. Like, the rendering of, like, the lighting and, like, some, yeah. of, the, some yeah. of the effects. So, you know, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10, which is, like, slightly higher than you guys. But that's, yeah. like, what I gave, like, the Fantastic Beast movies. Like, yeah, I fucking hate this movie. No doubt. It's just, like... <laughs> You know, I'm sure there was some like visual effects artists who cared about it, and yeah, they were just like the the victims of just like a really stupid vision that I'm sure they were trying to make it work. But it, you know, it, it's like when you start with a bad concept, there's nothing you can really do. Like, there's nowhere you yeah. can really go when just the movie's fucked from the beginning. Like, it's just the base idea of it is horrible. And yeah, like they they cut <laughs> out. Like Valerian, they make it this like movie about Valerian and and her his uh sister is like not really a part of the movie. Like it's like just she's kind of like a side character in the movie rather than being another main character, which is more what it should have been. 
it feels like they both didn't matter like just both of the characters did the main characters didn't even matter in my yeah yeah experience anyway it's just like the yeah really shocking character stuff like the whole like clive owens um underling like i guess another general guy becomes head of the ship and he tries to like save the day as clive owens robots attack the bridge and it's like okay so you're introducing all this other stuff now in the climax but we don't really care about these characters and it's just like yeah keep throwing in shit to pad the runtime (laughs) basically yeah really bad movie shockingly bad and especially compared to like a lot of the good science fiction movies i've seen recently like guardians of the galaxy like aliens we talked about like avatar this is like shockingly bad this is not what the audience is looking for (laughs) this is not what i'm looking for shocking and pathetic and weird and (laughs) 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 yeah and that's valerian wow what a meme what a fucking meme of a movie. It is a meme. Movie. It's crazy how meme. we all remember it. As in, like, that we're still <laughs> talking about it after 2017. It's been a while. Yeah. I remember it like, a, like, like a fever now. dream. I remember bits and pieces of it, but I don't remember a story. I don't remember, like, <laughs> like oh, this happens and then this <laughs> happens. And it's just, like, a bunch of random shit, like, images that come into my brain, like, of Dane DeHaan saying a corny line or whatever. Yeah, Rihanna's gratuitous dancing. I think just part of what's so fascinating about this film and others like it, if we can name any, but just the just the idea of like you spent so much money on this, but what was it? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like you have to have a skeleton first. You have to have like a structure, like a good idea that you would want to spend all this money on. You would have to have a hook. But like, yeah. you just you you didn't start with the basics. Mm-hmm. You started with the money. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was just made with like just the conclusion that oh, he would just do Fifth Element again. Yeah, he'll, he'll do it again. Don't worry. Exactly. Yeah, you can sense when a filmmaker loves the world or the characters or something about it that makes them engaged in it because that makes you engaged in it as well. You know if. Like Kubrick, um, he made the leap, like, if I find something engaging, then the audience might find it engaging as well. And I feel that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't get the sense that they actually, like, cared about this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, question time. Let's do it. Woohoo. <clears throat> okay, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. Head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit. Just like Butter467 did, uh, you can ask us questions for upcoming episodes with the new writer's strike going on right now there's been this talk going on whether or not studios will start using ai to write their scripts do you think the ai software like ChatGPT will eventually be used on movie and tv scripts or will it die off just like how nfts died off in the crypto space um kind of talked about ai a little bit um on some of the previous episodes but yeah this is the was the most upvoted comment and it seems to be kind of a big talking point right now, especially with those strikes. Um, I'd, I'd not be surprised if it, chat GBT and AI models have been used for a while, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Well, here's the thing yeah. is like AI can be great as a tool to assist what you're doing. You know, if, if you, yes, if you want to help have it help your writing, in a way, then I'm sure that that could be a perfectly acceptable thing to do. 
you know, but, but there's, there's, if let's say you have writer's block and you just kind of wanted to be like, okay, well, what, what are the possible ways that this could go? And then chat GPT says something like you, there's like five different responses and you're like, Ooh, that could be an interesting direction. I didn't think about that. And then you'd like turn it into your own thing. Maybe like that, that yeah, could be interesting. Or use it for notes. Right? And yeah, yeah, I agree with you yeah. mostly. And that's like, you know, the, the things it's coming up with are not that much of a stretch. Like it's probably things you could come up with if you had more time, but it's like kind of a time saving tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know in that way um but yeah i wouldn't like write like tell it to write a screenplay for me no. i think that's a bit much and and to be fair i don't think it's good at that i just don't think it would be good at that i think what it would i want to see probably one. suck yeah. i want to see one yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would probably be very bland because I, I think i think part of the charm of it is that it's not perfect yet right now <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. right yeah yeah i was thinking it might be useful for things like you know, like a bunch of writers have like different quirks or different weaknesses. You might, for example, be a writer that struggles with writing younger characters or something, you know, or characters of a different gender or something. You might be able mm. to use it to help like rewrite certain lines of dialogue or use it in these kind of ways. Yo, to- how do women talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no Tarantino mask. <laughs> How do women talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but I feel like that's part of the charm of certain writers is like their flaws, like how they write certain people or Yeah. It depends what yeah. level we're talking, you know. Like yeah, I wouldn't I guess be offended depends, if like really. the Meg Two was drafted using Chat GPT. It's entirely know? possible. Yeah, I guess I guess not, but yeah. <laughs> Like, why not? Like, fuck, I, I just, I feel like it's inevitable and I feel like the technology is yeah. going to get better and we'll see what happens and it's, it opens up Pandora's box and we should be preparing for a society with universe, universal basic income if we were smart about it and uh, we might be fucked. We might not be doing that and uh, we might mm. see a lot of very bad uh, financial outcomes for many people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although I don't think people will entirely just like embrace AI. I just don't see that happening in terms of like art. I feel like there needs to be some kind of creative voice that is like clearly part of the project. Like I just don't think people want to are going to pay think money. I think that it will be indistinguishable at one point in time. I think for certain movies it might be. I just, you know, I just don't see it at this point. Like, right now. Currently. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah at this quite, point in yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite there yet. Um, it could it, go somewhere. It could be like the NFT give it a thing. You know, that is, yeah, that always is a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, it, it's interesting how it per- has progressed, like, just over the past 10 years. Because mm-hmm. I think you're right, Alex. I think Hollywood's already been using stuff like that. Yeah, like focus yeah. testing and algorithms to figure out what people want. I mean, when you're talking millions of dollars in that scale, you you take any tool you need to like make the movie succeed and avoid something like Valerian yeah, to make your investment safer. Yeah, yeah. But there's always going to be an, a market for like Christopher Nolan, like guy who just like makes a movie in something he's interested in, and people will go see it. I just don't see that going away either, because human beings are people <laughs> they they have certain tastes and things and i just, i 
I'm personally not really interested in watching a movie written by AI. I just I am don't see that happening. 100%. I don't write with AI. I don't like that kind of thing. I mean, I would mm-hmm. use it to help. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm, I'm just not really interested in watching like an AI create something. I want to see people create something and be creative, even if it's something like the Meg 2. Like there is a writer there like trying to make something <laughs> like fun out of the movie, mm-hmm. or at least you'd hope so. I know there's a lot of cynicism as well. There's a lot of like corporate hacks in Hollywood, but I'd like to believe there's some creative talent as well that should be promoted. Like, I don't want the job to, like, be taken away from writers and go to AI. That's why I think this writer's strike, I think that's part of it as well. I think that's part of their, why they striked in the first place is, like, because writers are important. And I feel that. I definitely support the strike. I definitely support that writers and that, you know, I don't want their jobs to be taken away from (laughs) them by AI. I mean, I, I just don't, I'm not really, I'm just not interested in seeing a movie written by AI. I re- I'm really not. I think there's a, a point in the future uh, where an AI will be indistinguishable from a human brain. Yeah, but there still needs to be a credit there. Like, who made the movie? I mean, yeah, but uh, in terms of, like, what we're interested in seeing or how we respond to something emotionally, if we can't tell... You know, then what's the difference? Well, if you know beforehand that an AI made it, but if you don't, it might put you off. Like that's the Turing well, test, just, right? I, to me, that's yeah. To me, that's just dishonest. Yeah. Then, like, I don't want to be tricked. I want to know who made the movie beforehand. Like how when we before we see Valerian, we know Luke Besson's a weirdo. <laughs> that affects <laughs> well, our I didn't opinion. Know that to before some I extent. saw Valerian, <laughs> <laughs> and the movie still but, sucked. I, mean, yeah, I, I think, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would yeah. be interested in being able to try and to try and guess i would be i would be interested in not knowing and then trying to find out at some point you know what if, what if it's so commonplace in the future using ai to write that it's not a story when the movie comes out and you would actually have to search up the movie and be like oh who wrote it before you watched it right like i don't search up the writer for every single movie that i see i do it for most probably so i don't know there could be a well, point yeah, in right. the future where like yeah. It's like, ooh, that was written by an AI. And you didn't know until after. Under under a pen name. Right? Yeah. But, for, but we're also thinking, like, I don't know, just technology advancing can lower the ban- the barrier to entry in such a way, especially with things mm-hmm. like storytelling with... Yeah. I'm just picturing, like, a... <clears throat> a future where there is some version of, like, Unreal Engine that... Yeah, I think it's free. I think it's free now. Um, and like you only have to pay if your product sells over a certain amount. But if we're, if we're talking like 3D spaces that are photorealistic and you can use like AI, like prompts to like position cameras and all of a sudden you've got like, like a total, totally open landscape of like, well, just like now you can whip your mobile phone out and <laughs> make a YouTube video and edit it on your phone mm-hmm. and all this stuff that would have been impossible to do hundred years ago Mm -hmm. that's how i think it's cool i think it can bring new voices to the table because there are more tools available to them like what if someone is let's say dyslexic and they have a hard time writing and now this tool helps them write Mm. like maybe that you know now we have a new voice I, i think that's a good thing i think you're totally right about that i just don't want it to replace artists yeah it it's like i i support it as a tool I think as a tool, it's a great thing. I just don't think it should replace artists. I think that's a bad idea. It shouldn't replace artists, but it inevitably will. And there's going to be a point in time where only 
the best artists that you know can't can't be replicated that can pro- provide an experience that AI can't yet. There's going to be a point in time where there's going to be like a cutoff period where people are going to have to get really fucking good at what they do if they want to compete. I just think like yeah, yeah I, I've said this before like our jobs are going to get replaced by technology that that's just inevitably where things are heading almost no matter what job you have at this point. So we need to start mm-hmm. figuring out economically how we're going to deal with that. And we need to do that yesterday. And it's kind of just, uh, yeah, it's a little bit that's, yeah. that's the looming we're way threat behind right now. In terms of Cause that, right now yeah. we still think in terms of like, Oh, my job needs to exist so that I have a job when that's not why your job exists. It's to provide a service, right? So if if, mm-hmm. if a machine can do the service better than you, then you're going to get replaced. That's what happened to the automotive mm-hmm. industry in the United States. You know, like there's a lot of, you know, factory jobs that got people got replaced by machines. And um, yeah, the whole industrial revolution. Yeah. Um, I guess we can end this question on this kind of thing. Do you consider like in the realms of like video games, do you consider a procedural animation on a character like not art then or like they do that with different bucket mouth movements at least right Mm -hmm. for like almost every every single game yeah exactly if someone programmed the technology or programmed the ai to do that then i would credit them so where's the line then when you start yeah you start attributing it to the the ai instead of the person who implemented the ai like we, mm-hmm. use, like, do you do you credit the person? I guess you credit like the, the Photoshop software, but you also credit the person who used it. Like, depending on what, it depends on how mm. exactly you're doing it. Because, like, when you use like the paint can tool or whatever, like the the artist isn't individually writing every single pixel. You know, they're not like clicking on every pixel, being like there and there and there. Like, there's procedural things that exist. In current art, there's, you know, water animations and physics in 3D uh, software, right? Like, do you credit the individual who wrote that code? Kind of when you're just saying what software you used, but not really, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like um, Spotify, I have a playlist, right? And then I, you can do this thing where Spotify can, like, enhance your playlist and add songs for you, mm-hmm. right? But I'd still say it's, like, my playlist. Like, the music it picked, for the most part, it was, like, solid music that I think would fit my taste. But some of the choices are, like, you know, it's just my thing with AI. It's janky as fuck. It's janky as fuck. It's just, like, sometimes (laughs) it's just not right. And you need someone to come in and, like, fix it. And I I don't think we're going to get there for a while (laughs) to where it's, like, absolutely perfect. So, you can't even tell. You never know. You know? Yeah, I guess you never know, but I guess that's just the thing. We we don't know. Um, it could go the way of NFTs. Yeah, and we don't know the effect it will have. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't now, it might be. It might be ten years down the line, or maybe you know someone comes in and like talks to Congress or whatever. Like, hey, can we do something about tech companies, like, and slow this kind of down to like so we can catch up? They've had this because I feel like technology. I think the cat's out of the bag. It's like open source now. You yeah, it just moves it. so fast. Mm-hmm. It moves so fast, this stuff, and, and like people can't even keep up. Yeah. Yeah, it's what like Terminator's about. Skynet, you know, it's just 
<laughs> takes over. Yeah. No, <laughs> I do love these conversations. I think it's an interesting Pandora's box that's been open with all this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Good. where it goes. Yeah. If not a little bit frightened. Oh yeah. I'm frightened. It could be the end of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah maybe it isn't. Yeah. Whatever. Could be. Yeah. So nukes could have been the end of everything. Right. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's like kind of what Oppenheimer's about. Like, mm-hmm. no. On the on the subtext, the sub level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that movie. That doesn't feel AI generated. You know, there's no like AI saying like, yeah, you should make a biopic about Oppenheimer in the like, <laughs> yeah. 1940s. So I think there's an appeal to that, just to me personally. <laughs> so who's doing Oppenheimer and Barbie the same day? I know I am. The same day. <laughs> Got the same release. It's definitely the same weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting double feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. That'll be a fun uh, episode. All right. Let's do another question. <clears throat> let's do this one from Bloomer467. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a question for Ralph and Alex. Since you guys are fans of the acclaimed animated show Avatar The Last Airbender, what's your opinion on the upcoming Netflix show that the creators openly expressed? their dissatisfaction with and their new projects by Avatar Studios from Paramount, which will be helmed by the original creators and have three animated movies continuing the stories of the original and sequel series. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Oh, wait. Gosh, that's a lot of Avatar, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know they were... I didn't know they didn't prove of that live action show. I've heard of it. What was the other thing though you said? The like three animated movies there so, yeah, there are the homes of There's that? an upcoming Netflix show that they're dissatisfied with, but then yeah. there's the Avatar Studios, which Paramount runs, uh helming three animated movies <laughs> mm. continuing the stories of the original and sequel series. Um, I wonder how they feel about those. Live action last airbender is a bad idea. A horrible idea. Point. It's also the showrunner is Michael Goy. Oh so. wow! What the fuck? <laughs> Another weirdo. Remind <laughs> me. Uh, it's not, I mean, who is this? Uh, Megan the, is missing. Megan is missing. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the showrunner. Yeah, that's he's responsible. Yeah, for the all whole the teenage thing. girls what? talking about like sucking off guys or whatever. Yeah, fucking weird dialogue. <laughs> Come in my mouth and you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like all kinds of weird shit like it that. Se- it seemed like another weird Luc Besson fantasy thing. <laughs> and he's helming that's, Avatar. That's the showrunner what for an Avatar fuck? Netflix show. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is. Oh my. Okay, it was filmed in Vancouver. I know some people that worked on it. Actually. That is okay, like the that's... worst person you could have picked. Like, uh, uh, like <laughs> yeah. aside from Luc Besson. Like, you might as well pick Luc Besson around. <laughs> Holy shit. What is Netflix's problem? What? Why do they insist on this? Have they ever successfully adapted like anything, like a remake, an anime? But like even an anime, like that Cowboy Death Bebop no. show, that that came and went. That was fucking horrible. I didn't even watch that show. Yeah, that was a disaster. Yeah. 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 So it's like, why are they trying that again? It's such a bad idea to like adapt. I don't an know anime why they even bother. Like, what are they hoping to accomplish? yeah no one likes it like i'm not looking forward to it and yeah michael goy i have no faith in him making a good show like zero like negative a hundred percent faith in him doing anything that is like a fucking joke yeah they must have looked at the last time they did um avatar the last airbender in live action and thought yeah that's a good idea let's let's expand on that 
Yeah, weird, weird, crazy idea. I could, I could, I could approve of one standalone two D animated Avatar movie if there was an idea for it. Whereas, I, I just, I, I'm fundamentally against this this idea of like greenlighting five projects in this IP's universe mm-hmm. before we even know if people want more or if the new stuff is good. It's like so cut before the horse to me. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just screams of desperation and like every, every studio is doing it. And it's like, man, when I was reminded of like, even this new Spider-Verse that's coming out, this like two parts and like this Fast and Furious movie is now like being spread into three parts. It's just like, f- <laughs> Can we just chill for a second? I know you're desperate for this to not end and you just want it to go and go and go, but it's like, man, at least make it a little bit obvious that it isn't just this machine whirring in front of us. Like, I'd, I'd quite like yeah. to watch like a movie at a Right, point. right. Yeah. Just Some things there. just have a shelf life and then that's it. It's it's like part of that time and then you move on and yeah, it's desperate yeah. to try to recapture it. Because you're playing with fire, otherwise, as well. When you're when you're playing with sacred things like that, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it can it can go catastrophically wrong. Um. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have they ever adapted an anime successfully? Netflix, like, never. I, I, yes, yeah, what Death yeah. Note? Can yeah. be more? Oh yeah, Death Note. Oh man, that was really bad too. Yeah. People are gonna hound you for calling it an anime, Ralph. Oh yeah, I didn't. Because it's not it from Japan. Yeah, they will. That's true. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's an American animation. Yeah, yeah, in an anime, it's almost style, an anime right. style. Yeah, you know, to Netflix, it's an anime. You you think they give a shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to them, it's they 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 don't care. Yeah, they just see it as another product. I mean, like the like you're right, Alex. Like green lighting. I hate that too. Just like green lighting mm. three movies before the first one's even successful. Like I remember Netflix, they released that Fear Street movie, and it's like a trilogy oh. of horror movies. It's like why don't you make like one first that's like good <laughs> before you make three of them? Yeah, it's really like putting the cart before the horse. It's just not compelling. Like yeah, it's probably one. They're probably shitty. Honestly, mm-hmm. I even watch them. So I just want to issue like a little bit of a correction. So the title of showrunner is Albert Kim, whereas Michael Goy is executive producer, cinematographer, and directed a bunch of the episodes. Mm. So mm. okay, he's heavily involved, but still not, still not interested. Yeah, <laughs> not interested. Yeah, well, Avatar was a great part of my childhood. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, why can't I just stay as that? And Korra was okay. I guess yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Cora was fun. I liked it. <laughs> Pow! Right in the childhood. So yeah, just just let it be. Yeah. Got him. It's that nostalgia money. I mean, maybe it'll introduce a new generation, a Last Airbender. Hopefully, they'll go. Oh, this show sucks. Let me watch the 2D one, and then go. Wow, <laughs> that was amazing. So that's good, at least. All right, that was fun. I guess. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Is that it? That'll do it. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Wait. There was. A, a, I don't want to go. No, it's okay. I don't want to wait <laughs> for us to be okay. Uh, Alex, I guess it's your turn to recommend. Yeah, it's my turn. It's my turn to recommend. And yeah. I, I actually did have something lined up, but when I heard Valerian, Uh-oh. um, was was coming into our midst, I, I I'm gonna have to tuck that one away, and instead I'm gonna whip this bad boy out. Um, oh man. So this is a movie I've seen a long time ago, and it's 
almost single-handedly responsible for um, nearly bankrupting an entire company. That being um, <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Woo, haven't seen that one in a while. 2001 <laughs> animated movie. Wow. Yeah, okay. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then crazy movie. Um, from what I remember, 2001. Nice. Square Enix jumping in the movie space. We've been talking about video games. This will this will have some nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've never seen it. I saw it when I was a baby. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I All think right. It'll be an interesting conversation. Sweet. It's yeah. Really strange. Yeah. Film. Definitely outside of my like wheelhouse, which is good. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. what you'll think. Yeah, Alec Baldwin? Oh, wow. I'm surprised that they casted it. Um, okay. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> All right, if you don't want to be spoiled for Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, 2001, uh, watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks. Uh, you can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com, signing up for premium. It's only $2 a month. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast will get you the same thing. You can support the show and feel good about yourself and will feel good about you because you're better than the people that don't donate money. Mm. It's true. We also got merch. Link in the description. We also have a Sardonicast highlights channel on YouTube you can subscribe to. Thank you very much. Um, Have a happy thousandth planet. Happy Valerian, everyone. Yeah, fuck that Happy... Valerian. Wee. Bye-bye. Mate.